0: All praises, all praises, all praises, man. Welcome to another podcast, man. First and foremost, I want to give you all praises, honor, and glory to the Most High Yahweh, And we do so by Hashem, Yahweh Shah man. If you guys did not go check out part one of Sola Feed. Sola Feed, Sola Feed. Are we saved? Uh, salvation through faith and only faith and faith alone, right? Go check out part One, go check out part one. And we are going to start part two right now.
1: They mourn. They're in contrition. You see, it's a completely different lifestyle. Now, let me give you an example of what I mean by lifestyle. If you followed me around with a camera that just went click and took pictures like that, okay? And I get up one morning And I'm late for a meeting and it's raining outside and my back hurts. I get up. I'm not feeling very well. I go outside and I kick the cat. Okay, I'm just mad. Maybe I was rude to my wife. And the moment I did that, you went click. And then you brought the picture here and you showed it. You said, see, Paul Washer's lost. He's not a Christian. Look. Here's a picture of Paul. But that's not that's not a picture of my life. That's a picture of one moment in my life. Now, if you followed me around with a video camera for a year, you would get a better idea of my life. If I got up in the morning and I was grouchy with my wife on that video camera, you would see me going to her later and saying, Forgive me. I'm so sorry that I did that. Please forgive me. Do you see? You would see a person. If you filmed and followed a true Christian, you wouldn't see this perfect saint. But you would see someone who actually had an encounter with the truth about God. And they were seeking. They desired to, to grow in that truth and be like that truth and walk in that
0: light. And When they fail... It hurts them. How can I I just want you guys to know this? Uh just okay, being and this is also why I'm glad I'm not a Christian. Uh I'm not the a Christian in the religion. The reason why that I say that is because they believe in order for you to be a Christian, you have to be soft, genuine, and low tone of voice. The Bible says that Jesus Christ himself was a person that took authority, that spoke in a loud manner, that flipped tables, that cursed people, and also that called people the devil. I mean, let's just be honest, right? If you're telling me you're a Christian, okay, that's nice. I I don't mind that. Okay, cool. But you guys are acting soft and, and weak, weak as hell for that matter. And saying all of this other stuff, and it's like, dude, you know what I mean, it's crazy. It it feels like y'all can't do anything. It feels like y'all can't do anything. Y'all feel like y'all just can't do anything. Like for instance, there be Christians that be saying that, you no, know, you you can't even uh, even act in a certain way, even though the Bible don't even tell them to. They just feel like you you aren't supposed to be, you're not supposed to be manly or, or or authoritative. But you have to be soft and gentle and nice. And you know, we have to love Jesus Christ and we have to be with them. And if you just don't, then I don't know what to tell you. But everybody should be and that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous, but that is the honest truth, though. That's how people act. It's sad, but that's how people act. Let's continue.
2: I be certain that I have truly believed and received that salvation. This is not the question. Does Christ have the power to save? We believe that. We believe we're sinners. We believe God loves us and has provided a way of salvation. We believe Christ has the power to save as demonstrated by his sacrifice and his resurrection. The question is a more personal question, not an objective question, but a subjective question, not about something that happened historically, but about our own hearts. How can I be certain that I have believed in Christ and been saved this is subjective and this addresses the difference between confidence faith and assurance that the Lord Jesus Christ has the power to save and confidence assurance and faith that I have actually been saved by that power let's be honest
0: I just want to say this real quick let's go here right because, uh, you're John, you're saying some bold statements. Um, what's that scripture? Um, saved to. Ah. To KJB, no, is it Matthew? No. Matthew 24 and 13, question mark, question mark, nope, where's that scripture at, Uh, oh, dang it, is it? It says endure till the In KJV. They're saying it's in Matthew. Nah. Huh? Is it? Oh my goodness. I am. Wow. <laughs> I was in Matthew 23. That's why. So Oh my goodness. Matthew Matthew 24 and 13. But he shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved, right? So in order for us to even know if we're going to be saved or not, we got to endure unto the end. We can't just be like, "Oh, we believe in Christ and then we're saved." Right? Because what does Christ say? Right? i never knew you kjv everybody should know that is right matthew 7 right matthew 7 and 23 right matthew 7 and 23 actually let's go to 21 matthew 7 and 21 it says not everyone that saith unto me lord lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven right Verse twenty two, many will come, will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not pros- uh have I not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name has cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. Verse twenty three, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Right. All these, all these, all these Christians, almost all of these Christians believe they're going to be saved 100% regardless, which is, which is crazy, right? Which is, which is just crazy. Now people might, now some, some Christians, they might hear this and they might say, cause I've, I've seen some debates with Christians of salvation and they believe that you can um, have your salvation depart from you and stuff like that. But I don't believe in what they believe. So it's hard for, it's hard. It's hard for me to explain my position, but I'm gonna do it anyway. I believe that the Israelites have an everlasting salvation, like Isaiah 45 says, right? And let's just go there. Let's just go there, right? I believe this. Isaiah... 45 and 17 right Isaiah 45 and 17 says but Israel shall be saved and the Lord with an everlasting salvation Ye shall not be ashamed nor confounded world without end so which means that this salvation is not going anywhere the Israelites are going to be having salvation throughout the whole entire earth or the world for that matter right now don't get me wrong there will be Wicked Israelites There will be wicked Israelites That will be destroyed When Christ comes But They will be saved During the end Right? Now what is that? Uh, I know I think it's 13 Hold on real quick good. Nope Where's that scripture at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. But I believe it is Zechariah. Zechariah 13 and verse 7. We can go to 6. Zechariah 13 and 6. And one shall say unto him, what are these wounds in thine hands? Then he said, then he shall answer those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Verse seven, awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow. Saith the Lord of hosts smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered and i will turn mine hand upon the one the little ones verse eight and it shall come to pass that in all the land saith the lord two parts therein shall be cut off and die but the third shall be left in which means that when christ comes back when christ comes back the wicked israelites are going to be cut the two-thirds are going to be cut off but the two thirds will be cut off, but the third, right, shall shall be saved, which are the elect. Basically, the 144 elect the, from the 12 tribes. Now, the crazy part about this is that if we go to Romans 11, and this might bug some people out a little bit, but it's okay. Even though even though that the Israelites are probably enemies of the gospel, they're still going to be saved. And here's why Romans 11 and 26. And so all Israel shall be saved as it is written. There shall come out of Zion, the deliverer and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. Right. Verse 27, for this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. Right. And we're going to go to that too. Verse 28, as concerning the gospel, They are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the father's sakes. Mm. Verse 29, for the gifts and, and calling of God are without repentance, right? So which means that even that all Israel shall be saved, but yes, there will be the two thirds that are going to be destroyed because they need, because they're going to be wicked, right? So they need to be destroyed. When they be destroyed, they are going to be saved regardless. You know what I mean? They are going to be saved regardless because, of course, all Israel shall be saved. Just like it says in verse 26. Now, let's go to Hebrews. Let's go to Hebrews 8. Right? Let's go to Hebrews 8. Hebrews 8. Uh, This is... Let's go... Let's go to Hebrews and chapter eight, verse 12, for I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities. Will I remember no more? So basically, right? Basically. When the new covenant starts, because I don't believe that the new covenant has started, that the most high God is going to forgive the Israelites for their iniquities and their sins and their unrighteousness. And that's what's going to happen. So Israelites are always going to have their salvation, regardless of if they are enemies of the gospel or not. They are always they are still going to have their salvation because it was prophesied and it was. And it was uh, proclaimed that the Israelites were going to have a redeemer and a savior, which was Christ himself. Even though we believe
2: those objective facts of the gospel, as Christians, there are times when we struggle to be assured of our salvation. One of the things you deal with as a pastor a lot is the problem with people who lack assurance of salvation. They don't doubt that they're sinful. They don't doubt that God loves and provides a sacrifice in Christ. They don't doubt that Christ has the power to save. They don't doubt the resurrection, but they doubt that they are saved. What is it that steals a believer's assurance? Well, there are a number of things that will weaken your assurance. One, and we'll give you a few, lack of uh, impact, lack of results in service. Some people look at their life and and they say, you know, I'm a Christian. Supposedly I have been transformed and, and uh, I have power from on high. But I look at my life and I, I don't see any impact. I, I try to do some things to serve the Lord. I, I have to say I don't, I don't see much as a result of that. And someone in that kind of situation gets discouraged and wonders whether they actually possess the power. Whether they've actually been given life. And then another reality that steals your...
0: Well, do you know why they feel like that? Because we have to understand that, like I just read in part one, and I did not go listen to part one. Woo, boy, I'll tell you, that was, a dang, that was a dagger. That was a dagger, right? The reason why there's so many people that feel like that is, is because they don't have no life in them, because life is the commandment, you know what I mean? That's the truth, and that's the life. And the reason why they don't feel closer to the most high God is just because they're not following the most high God's commandments. When you follow God's commandments, you get closer to the most high. When you're doing your own thing and just trying to do good things just to be accepted is when you fuck up. Returns to disobedience. You fail to obey
2: the word of God. You get caught up in transgressions, iniquities and sins. And because of your disobedience, which is a willful disobedience, you naturally will question, am I genuinely a believer? And I'm not talking about the occasional paroptima when you stumble, but I'm talking about the fact that you're realizing that there's something in you that continues to will to disobey. You see that and you wonder, have I really been saved? Another one is inconsistency. You go to the spiritual highs occasionally. You're here today and your heart is lifted up in worship. You'll find yourself a day later in a situation that you shouldn't be in. And you look at that situation and you see inconsistency in your life, inconsistency in your attractions and your desires. And you wonder whether you're really saved. And then there's the presence of um, sort of habitual indwelling sin. Here you are, you've been a believer for a while, and you're still struggling with the same exact sins that have been beleaguering you for years and years. And you wonder, if I'm really a believer, why can I not get victory over these besetting sins?
0: See, and this is the confusing part about about Sola Fide and Christians. I'm not saying also the people that believe in faith alone, they think like this, but there are some people that only believe in faith alone and they don't believe you should keep no works. This is the confusing part about John MacArthur to me. He teaches us that if if you heard my first uh, podcast, my part one, you guys would understand what I'm saying. He said in part one of my podcast, he he said, if you believe that Christ was born, if he died or sorry, yeah, if he was born and he died and then he resurrected, then you believe. If you believe that you're saved. Who does that sound like? That sounds like a young Don. Do y'all remember the podcast where I did with uh, young uh, young Don when he said that all you have to do is just believe and you're saved? That's crazy to believe that. We shouldn't keep no commandment. And see, and John MacArthur, he's saying that we, uh, we're sinners. We need to keep the commandments, whatever the case may be. How, first off, why would we even keep any commandments if you're teaching people, All we have to do is just believe on Christ and believe his story, basically, and just live our life and just be good human beings and just be cool with everybody. Where does the Bible say that at? Why are you teaching that all we need to do is just keep the faith and that's it? And when we just keep the faith, oh, then we're good people. Okay, cool. We're cool people. That's all we need to do, man. We just need to keep the faith. That's all. Come on, dude. You're teaching that salvation is a faith salvation, and then you're talking about works. So now is it a work salvation? Because you're talking about sin, and sin is transgression of the law, and the law is the Mosaic law, which is AKA God's law, which is the six hundred and thirteen commandments. That y'all say that we cannot keep, that y'all say that is done and away with, and that y'all say we have to only keep some but not all. Because Christ died for us. Ridiculous.
2: And then you have to face the reality of temptation to doubt. Satan tempts us to doubt, and doubt is a temptation. You doubt the truth of Scripture, you doubt the glory of. God. You doubt the truth concerning Christ. You doubt a lot of things. That's a temptation. So your your assurance can, can be very weakened by lack of results, lack of impact by your life, disobedience, inconsistency, the presence of uh, habitual indwelling sin, temptation. Another one is sensitive conscience. Uh, there are some people who are more sensitive than others. They... They tend to be wired to be more introspective and more fearful, and they tend to be more doubtful in their own minds. And as they look at their lives and they begin to become introspective, they see things they don't like. there, Their conscience uh, uh, causes them pain and suffering over their condition, and that begins to steal their assurance. Sometimes Christians-
0: I wanna say this too. He said temptation. he said temptation 10 Tempt. temptation j j v temptation right so he said That the devil, right, tempts us, right? Uh, No temptation. Let's go here. Is it or is it or is it? I, I I had it somewhere. Had it somewhere. Just forgot what it was. Uh Who did he tempt? Tempt. Who did he tempt? Ah, there it is. I was like, who did he tempt? I forgot who he tempted. <laughs> All right, let's go to Genesis 22. Genesis 22. Genesis... <clears throat> Genesis 22 and 1. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here am I. Right? So God can also tempt. Right. God can also tempt people, too. And that's what I was trying to look for. God can also tempt people as well. And that's what we need to understand. Not just the devil can tempt God himself can tempt people as well. Right. So that's what we have to understand, man. I just I just I just wanted to bring out
1: this will come to me. Genuine Christians, they're saying, I don't know if I'm saved and i say why and they say i'm struggling with so much i'm struggling with sin and i i want to be free from it and i want to walk like jesus and this is what i'll ask them how many people how many people do you think actually have the same disposition that you have I said, go out into the world right now, your friends in the university or the people at your job or or just the normal person on the street. How many people do you know that are broken over their sin and wanting to be more like Christ and sad at their failures? I said, the only way you could be doing this is if God had really done something in your life. Do you see that? The average person doesn't care what God has said. don't They do not want to follow anything God has said. And when they break God's law, they boast about it. So how is it that you're sitting there wanting to walk in the light, seeking to be more and more conformed to the light and broken when you fail?
0: Now we just proved that the light is keeping the commandments, the law, of statutes and commandments, right? He says something. He talked to a man, and, and the and the and the man said, "I want to walk like Christ, right? I want to walk like Christ, right? How to walk like Christ? KJV. Let's just go to it, right? Just go to it. Uh, hold on." Walk, can walk. Let's see here, I think, uh, see. is this a What? That's not it. Huh. Let's go ahead. Well, Let me see if this is it. Let's go to... go to John. Let me see. First John 2. Let's go First John 2. I believe that's it. First John 2. Yeah. Yes, sir. First John 2 and... Four, he that say, if I know him and keep it, not his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Right. So this man saying, oh, or not this man, but anybody that says they know God and they keep none of his commandments, just know they are a liar. Verse five. But whosoever keeps his word in him verily is the love of God. Perfect. Hereby know we that we are in him. Verse six. He that saith, he abided in him, aren't himself also so also to walk, even as he walked. So what does that mean, guys? What does that mean? That means that, you know, now certain translations will tell you this. Let's just read certain translations, right? Certain, certain translations will tell you this. NIV whoever, um, and I'm reading uh, 1 John 2 and 6 in the NIV, whoever claims to live in him must live as Christ did. NLT, those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. uh, ESV, whoever says he abides in him aren't to walk in the same way in which he walked. This is Plain and simple in order for us to walk just like the mo, or in order for us to walk. With Christ, we got to do what Christ says in the beginning, in order for us to want to walk or or to abide with God, we have to walk in the walk of his son. And what is that? And how is that? If we go to verse five is pretty easy and pretty simple. 1 John 2 and 5. But whosoever keep the word, which is what's the word, his law, statutes, and commandments, in him verily is the love of God perfect. Hereby know we that we are in him. Very simple. So what I would tell this man if he came to me, I just don't know what to do. I'm just sinning like crazy crazy this i have that now don't get me wrong you might have some temptations don't get me wrong right but if you want to walk like christ you want to follow christ christ told you to keep the commandments christ told you in order for you to have eternal life you got to keep the commandments christ told you you have to listen to every word that comes out of the mouth of the pharisees But don't do what they do because they are hypocrites. Do you know why? Because the Pharisees sit in the Mosaic seat. Christ also said, let's just go to it. Or actually, yeah, Christ said, it's good for you to have old treasures with new treasures. And when he was talking about that, he was talking about the Mosaic law. Let's just go to that one. I actually like that scripture too, right? This is this is Matthew thirteen and uh, fifty two. Then said he unto them, therefore every scribe which is a teacher which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder which bringeth forth old or sorry, which bring it forth out of his treasure, things new and old. This is talking about the mosaic law, right? It's good to bring new things with the old, right? So if this man told me, "I just don't what to do. I don't know how to sin. I want to walk like Christ," you know what I mean? I wouldn't tell you him. Know, look at the other people how they will how they would like to. To do what you do too. No, nah, it's easy. It's in the book. Follow the law, saying and commandments, and you will be good. But the reason why that you feel like this is because you're not walking in no light. You're not you're not, first off, you're not walking in no, in no light. You're not walking in anything. You are walking towards something that you want to be in, but don't know how to stay in it. Come on now. Let's keep going
1: it must be that
2: god has done a work in your life how can i be certain that i have had that occur in my life how can i be sure that i have truly believed in christ so as to be saved how do i know that i am really in christ and have been adopted how do i know that confirmation of that comes in verse six this is what i want you to see the confirmation Comes in verse 6. We saw the preparation for sonship. We saw the realization for sonship. And here's the confirmation. This is the familiar verse, but one not understood. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Because you are sons, God does this. That's exactly what it's saying. The fact is, you are sons, and because you are, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. That is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of His Son is the same as the Spirit of Christ, as He's called elsewhere, the Spirit of God. Same thing, the Holy Spirit. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts because we are sons. Back again to Ephesians 1, and the this is kind of crazy.
0: He goes to Galatians 4 and 6, and it says, And because ye are sons of God, have sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Right? Now, this is basically, if you guys don't know, Galatians is basically talking to the saints. I mean, I don't know why he said that, but whatever. You know, he can have that, sure.
2: End of that long section,
0: down to verse
2: 13. In him, you also, after listening to the message of the truth, the salvation, you listened, you heard, you believed also, you were sealed in him. That is, Christ was your Savior permanently. You were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who has given us a pledge of our inheritance with a view to the redemption of God's own possession to the praise of his glory. When you were justified, when you were converted, when you were saved.
0: No such thing as uh, conversion. No such thing as that. And we do not know if we're saved or not. If you keep saying that we're saved right now and, and, and we live in and we we haven't even reached judgment day, then we're not saved. No one knows if they're saved or not. We can assume that we're saved, but we don't know if we're saved until we reach judgment day. If you say you're saved right now, then you're saying that you're gonna miss judgment day and you're just going to go straight to the kingdom. It's crazy.
2: You were sealed with the spirit
0: of promise. It's the spirit of promise. Who has the promises? Who has the promises? Let's go to Romans. Let's go to Romans 4, or not 4, 9. Romans 9 and 4. It says, Who are Israelites? To whom pertains the adoption, the glory, the giving of the covenants, uh, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises. So whoever are Israelites are going to obtain this promise in Ephesians 1 and 13, right? That is pretty simple. Pretty simple, if you ask me. Right? That's just pretty simple. I don't know what to tell you.
2: The spirit of promise took up residence in your heart. That is what that verse is saying. The spirit of was given to you as a pledge of our inheritance, which is coming later at the redemption of our bodies when we enter into the presence of the Lord. So think of it this way. You have a future inheritance. You have an inheritance that the Lord has prepared for you because you are a true believer. That inheritance is laid up for you in heaven. Listen to this from 1 Peter 1. We have an inheritance, verse 4, which is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. That's great. We have that. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and I'll come and take you to where I am, and you'll be with me always. We have a place. We have a full inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and reserved for only us in heaven. Then it says, who are protected by the power of God faith. For a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So now we have this future inheritance and we have a present protection. And that protection is the power of God that is none other than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us is the protecting power of God that secures us until we receive
0: our inheritance. I'm so sorry. I was trying to look for the verse. So I'm going to just rerun it just real quick. I was looking for the verse. (laughs) All I know is 1 Peter something. (laughs) That's great. We have that. Jesus
2: said, I go to prepare a place for you and I'll come and take you to where I am and you'll be with me always. We have a place. We have a full (laughs) inheritance that is imperishable, unfiled, unfading, and reserved for only us in heaven. Then it says who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So now we have this future inheritance, and we have a present protection. Where is he at? That's great. For which heaven? Listen to this from 1 Peter 1. We have an inheritance, verse 4, which is imperishable, undefiled, will not fade oh, away, God. reserved in heaven for you. That's great. We have that. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and I'll come and take you to where I am, and you'll be with me always. We have a place. We have a full inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, and reserved for only us in heaven. Then it says, who are protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So now... We have this future inheritance and we have a present protection and that protection is the power of God. That is none other than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in us is the protecting power of God that secures us until we receive our inheritance. We are protected by the
0: power of God. Mm. I agree with that somewhat but I agree with this though let's go to first Peter one though first Peter 1 1 it says Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout uh, Pontus uh, Galatia Bel- Asia and Baea verse 2 elect uh, 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 elect elect according to the for knowledge of God, the Father, through satisfaction of the spirit unto obedience and sparkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Who is Peter talking to? He's talking to elect. Who are the elects? The saints. Who are the saints? The Israelites. This is basically talking about the Israelites. I mean, basically talking about the Israelites. Now, if we go to verse five, it says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, right? Ready to be revealed in the last times. Now, this is a scripture that I want to go to because... We have to understand this. Let's go to Romans. Because Romans, uh, or not him, uh, Paul actually addresses this in Romans. He addresses this in Romans, right? He addresses this in Romans. Now, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Um, where is it? Let me see right quick. There it is. Okay. Romans, the third chapter, right? Romans, the third chapter, verse... let's go to verse 30 actually no 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 let's go to verse 27 because i know what people's going to say verse 27 romans 3 and 27 wherefore or where is boasting then? it is excluded by what law of works nay but by the law of faith right by the law of faith now what is the law of faith right the law of faith is basically, of course, the law of faith is basically believing in Christ, right? That's the law of faith, basically. Now, verse 28, therefore, we include that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. That's okay to think that, right? That's okay. Let's just read that one more time. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. So we are justified by faith and faith alone. That's cool. We are also justified by our works. Why do I say that? Romans 2 and 13, for, for not the hearers of the law, are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. So which means that if we hear the law, but we don't do the law, we're not just before God, but the doers of the law that keep the law, statutes, and commandments will be justified with the law. Plain and simple. So you will be justified by the law. You can also be justified by the faith, right? Simple as that. So the law can justify you. It just can't justify you together somewhat. So let's go to verse 29. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Now I believe that these Gentiles are Israelites, plain and simple. Verse 30, seeing it is one God, which shall justify the circumcision by faith And uncircumcision through faith. Let's just read that one more time. It says, shall justify the circumcision by faith. So the people that are circumcised, right? Because let's just be honest. The people that are circumcised are keeping the law, statutes and commandments, right? So they are going to be what justified by the faith that they have in Christ, right? Because they keep the Mosaic law, but the unkeepers of the law, right? Which are the uncircumcision, they will be justified through faith. That's what that's talking about, right? That's all that Peter is talking about, because I do believe, I I, I forgot, I think, I think Peter was supposed to go to the Gentile. No, no, no. I think uh, Peter was supposed to go to the Jews, but I think it got twisted. But anyway, but the, my my point is is that those people, right, were uncircumcised Jews, were Hellenized Jews at that time that, that Peter was going to. He was talking to people that were Jews that were being or not being Hellenized, well, maybe being Hellenized because he was going to multiple of places, just like we read in 1 Peter 1 and 1, but there were also people that were Jews that were doing other customs in other nations. So they didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit, Christ, or anything like that, right?
2: And that power is the Holy Spirit. So... He says in verse 7 but if we walk
1: in the light as he himself is in the light we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin Now notice that walking in the light does not mean sinless perfection we are constantly in need of cleansing
0: we are Remember who is cleansed my brother Who 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 is the people that get cleansed and who is the people that only get the cleanse right let's go cleanse uh where is it where is it where is it where are the Israelites I just seen it too I just seen it in my notes I'm trying to see where it is Mm, mm,
1: mm, 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 mm.
0: I got so much notes That's crazy Let's try it like this Try it like this no mm-hmm. really Wow, how, how can I not find this? <laughs> I guess this just gotta use the internet, I guess. Jeez, how can I not find this? This is crazy.
1: Cleans.
0: Um is it ezekiel try try uh I guess not. Okay. Well, I'm about to just continue, but I wanted to show you guys that the Israelites are the only people that can be cleansed and uh, no one else. But I don't feel like I see it. Man, I hate that. It's a powerful scripture too. Let me see cleanse you serious are you serious let me search it one more time because this is a powerful scripture i really want this scripture so (laughs) let me see let me see if i can get this scripture Oh, that's frustrating. Let's just continue.
1: Remember I was, I I told, well, let me give you a story. I I went up to a man one day and was witnessing to him and he said, I'm a Christian. I said, great. And uh, we got talking and he told me that he had not sinned in 11 years. And uh, first of all, I said, congratulations. (laughs) I had never met somebody like that before. But then... This is what I asked him. I said, what's the greatest sin? He said, I don't know. I said, could it be breaking the greatest commandment? He said, well, maybe. I said, what's the greatest command? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And then I asked him this question. Have you ever done that?" that? Is he had a problem then? If he says no, he has sinned. If he says, yes, I have. He's blasphemed because he's actually said that he has loved God as much as God deserves and an infinitely deserving God.
0: That's crazy. So he said that he's committing blasphemy because he loves God so much. Right. Do you know what Christ said? This is what Christ said. Right. This is crazy. <laughs> just remarkable. Is it John 15 again? Or is it Let's just go to John 15. Uh. Let's see here. Let's see here. Hmm. Disciples. Okay. I think I think it's this one on. We could go here. I mean, you know I mean? Let's just rewind what he said real quick because this might be my last one. Oh, yeah, this might be my last one. Okay, let's just go real quick. Let's rewind it.
1: He says no, done that in strength. And then I asked him this question. Have you ever done that? see, he had a problem then? If he says no, he has sinned. If he says, yes, I have, he's blasphemed because he's actually said that he has loved God as much as God deserves. And an infinitely deserving God deserves more love than all creation, angels included, could ever give him. Only his son loved him as he ought to be loved.
0: That's crazy how you say that, because let's go to Matthew 22 and 30 uh, and 37. It says, Jesus said unto them, unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. Bro. Not only (laughs) Christ loved him so much, you know what I mean? And then we also have to understand this, too. Let's go to John 15. Or actually, no, 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 let me read it. Very, very, I said, no, it works. no, 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 not that one. Okay. Let's go to, let's go here, right? Let's go to John, right, let's go to John 15 and nine. It says, as the father have loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love, right? Because of course, if we love Christ and we love God himself, and then, of course, like I just said, how we love God is by keeping his commandments. That's all in first John. Then if we go to uh John 14 and 20, it says, At that day ye shall know that I am in my father, and ye in me, and I in you. Verse 21. He that have my he he that have my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. So you're saying that Christ only loves God with conditionally love and just oh my goodness, all conditionally love and stuff like that. But he can also love us as well. You see, he can also love us as well, and he can also be there for us and also love us that we love the Father if we love. Christ as well. If we show Christ and we show the most high that we love them, right? Simple as that. And that's just by keeping the commandments. But I want to give all praise honor and glory to the most high, Yahweh. And we do so by Hashem, Yahweh. This was great, satisfying, and I hope you guys enjoyed. Until next time, shalom and peace.